magnificent morning, good people. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. Our main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it was an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. Just unforeseen circumstances in general, and you may have felt isolated or alone. But when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers that you may be facing, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. You are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. And welcome, welcome again, um, all for tuning in right now. You're tuned into her story. We are on episode 15. I took a week off last week due to an extremely busy week. Um, I've been talking and mentioning about the transitioning of my new job and that commute. And of course, last week was Southern University's homecoming. So I was just immensely tired, y'all. But we are back. And I'm excited this week because... I'm speaking with a Southern University alumni, Miss Ayla Goodson. Um, she is a graduate. Thank you so much uh, for joining today, Ayla. Just tell the listeners what's up and a little about yourself. Well, Janae, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I admire what you've been doing. We've been talking about collaborating, and I've been following your podcast. It's motivated me to actually go ahead and push myself to start mine. Awesome, so, awesome. Um, just your drive and everything you're doing, I admire so much. So thank you for having me on and allowing me to tell my story. So awesome. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> And, um, you know, I really, I appreciate and you encourage me so much as well because it's really important to me just to empower and just uplift other black women and just women of color and women in general who have created different paths and created different platforms to be of service to other people, right? And you have a lot going on. You're an entrepreneur. You're the owner of Gemini Studios, an author, a mentor, a motivational speaker, all of these different titles and accolades. And it's you're really a phenomenal woman and a social influencer. But what stands out the most to me is that you did have and you may still have different adversities and hurdles and things of that nature. But instead of using them to, uh, you know, to, to break down or to fold, you actually formulated healthy habits and created different things just to empower other women. So that is why I want to chime into your story. So let's get started. Let's just go into where you're from, who you are, and what has led you to this point of where you are right now within your career. Gotcha. Okay. I am from Mobile, Alabama. Um, I am an author, like you said, an author, a mentor. I like to say, I like to use transformational speaker now instead of motivational speaker. Um, health and fitness mentor and motivator. I'm a studio owner, uh, CEO, instructor. You name it, I pretty much, uh, I pretty much do it. And it's been a, it's, it's been a journey. I will say it's definitely been a journey to. Um, 
you know, say that I am all those things because it's, it's funny when I get down or I get, you know, a little bit discouraged, you know, just in daily life. There are certain people that I'll talk to, my sounding boards. And it's so funny when they're like, girl, I don't know why, you know, you're depressed. You're an author. You're this, you're that, you're that. And I'm like, oh, I sound really cool when you say it out loud. And I look really cool on paper. But, you know, like anybody else, I'm human. So I definitely deal with those everyday struggles, um, being tired, being, you know, unmotivated, just sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm human. So I tell people all the time, don't put me on a pedestal just because of, you know, everything that I do. And you may see me on social media, you know, doing all these things, but I'm human. I get tired. I get stressed, all of the above. So. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. <laughs> and those are, uh, you know, I always, point out those things as well with social media in society you know we highlight when we're at our highest points but we always have our struggles and our hurdles and then at times a lot of people aren't that transparent so what I do respect about you is you're you very you really are transparent and you discuss the different struggles and things that you have went through to get to where you are now and um one of those things is your battle with diabetes um you're very open about it and going you know throughout college and things like that I'm not sure when you were diagnosed but that's when I want to discuss that today but just with you always being like physically active being a cheerleader um you know being a stepper and things like that for your sorority looking from the outside looking in I would not have known that you may have had you know these difficulties that were going on and then later in life to create a, a studio and um you know just really be like a, a fitness influencer or guru and you know people wouldn't realize or know these are your battles that you have to go through every day so I want you to discuss when did you first notice that change within maybe just your body or the early symptoms like what led you up until that point before you even knew that you had diabetes <laughs> Well, I was a sophomore at Southern, and um, of course, I was a cheerleader, and I remember this, it started like January, whatever year that was, I can't remember, but it started like in January, I started to feel different, like I was, I had to go to the bathroom, like constantly, I was extremely thirsty, and when I say extremely thirsty, it's on a different level of just your regular, oh, I want something to drink, it was like extreme thirst, where I would wake up throughout the night just looking for water you know just being really thirsty I remember I went through a 24 case of water in two days oh wow Um, right I started to be really fatigued I was always really really tired I remember I had like an eight o'clock class so I would go purposely I would go to sleep purposely at about seven o'clock as soon as I came in from practice I would come in, take a shower, and go to sleep just so I'm like, okay, I got to stay, you know, I got to make sure I get my rest, but I would wake up for my 8 o'clock class and be drained, and I remember, like, literally running from one of the buildings, running back to my dorm room to go to sleep. I was just that tired. Um, It was just so many things. I think um, we had a cheer competition, and... It was in Birmingham, Alabama. So I remember us getting ready to leave Baton Rouge. We were getting on the bus. And I went and got a huge thing of water and a huge thing of tea. 
before we even pulled off, I had drank both of them. And I remember one of my coaches, she was like, you know, I think you have diabetes. And I'm like, uh, no, that's, right. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Because I, one, I wasn't educated about it. Mm-hmm. Two, I thought it was just for old people. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I don't have that. So we get to Birmingham and I just remember being really, really tired. And I think we went to, we went to CC's Pizza after the competition and I'm not a sweets eater. I don't really do cakes and pies and stuff like that. But I remember um eating a whole apple pie pizza. Really? Left, yes, ate the whole thing. Like left there, got in the car and I, I kept saying I can't see. And um whoever I was with, it was like you can't see that sign. The huge CC sign, it was I could not make out the words. It was just like a big blur. So I'm like, okay, I'm going blind. Luckily, that was spring break, so I was headed to Mobile, and I just kept saying, oh, I don't want to go to the doctor, I'm, I'll just, I'll be okay. So, at the time, my cousin had just had a baby, and I went to babysit him, and she was going to work, so this was maybe, she left maybe around 8 that morning. So, um, I got up, and I gave him a bath, and I remember giving him a bath in the sink, and I started to black out. So I was able to like get him out of the sink and we laid on the floor literally from like 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. until she came back home. I couldn't couldn't, like get to the phone or anything. And it was so crazy because he slept all day. I couldn't even feed him. I couldn't get up to get his bottle or anything. So at that point, I knew I said, okay, tomorrow I'm going to the doctor. That morning, I got up, and I had a honey bun and some Kool-Aid. Now, keep in mind, this is not my usual diet. I don't even like just You were craving these sweets, right? right? I was craving these sweets. So I had that that morning, went to the doctor, and the lady was asking. She said, you know, what are your symptoms? I was like, you know, I'm extremely thirsty. Um, I have to go to the bathroom, like, constantly. I was like, I'm really tired. And within those two or three days that I had been home, I had lost 10 pounds, like, over the span of three days. So I'm already small. So going from, like, 100 pounds to, like, 90, right. I, I look sick. Mm-hmm. So I was telling her, and she's like, well, it sounds like you have diabetes. And I was like, no, I don't have that. I know I don't have that. Like, one, it doesn't run in my family. Two, that's for old people. So she checks my blood sugar, and... She's like, oh, my God, your blood sugar is too high to read on the meter. So I think, like, with the hospital's uh, glucose meters, they go up to, like, a 1,000. So my blood sugar was over a 1,000. And just to give you an idea of what a normal person's blood sugar is, um, it ranges from, like, 98 to 150, depending on what you eat. So mine was a thousand yes. she was like if you had waited any longer you could have gone into a coma mm-hmm. so what the crazy thing was um I remember calling my mom up to the emergency room and I'm you know telling her what's going on and she's like well you know nobody in the family has it I don't know where you could have gotten this from you know but as I research more I have type one so that's hereditary you could be born with it okay um and instantly as soon as they wrote me a prescription for my insulin I felt normal again like my weight came back in like two days I wasn't thirsty I didn't have to go to the bathroom it was just it was crazy how it all how it all happened but that was something that was really scary because like I said I have never experienced that before never before to my knowledge had any symptoms of being a diabetic um so 
it was just a scare because I'm not overweight. Um, you know, I've, I've always been an eater, though. I've always liked to eat. Um, mm-hmm. So that was one thing. But i always been really active. And it was just crazy how it just came about one day. So how so, old were you? I was 19. 19. And so that, I've that's had it for so young. Years. Yeah. I mean, that really is young. And just... Um, within the community and like you said um we may think that you know this is for older people and even with myself like not really being so much educated on it i when i think of diabetes i think of someone maybe in their 60s or you know their late 50s not thinking that someone who's a sophomore in college or 19 years old would have these different issues so like even with all of that like like health consciously how did you change your diet or, you know, like the intake? I know when we're in undergrad, we're not really so much concerned about, you know, what we're what eating. We're eating right? we, we have like this fast paced lifestyle. You know, you go into class, you, you're trying to decide which part are you going to go to next. If you're Greek and you're involved, you know, you're, you're practicing, you're going to meetings, you just have so many other things going on. So how right. did you really adapt to that? Especially when you're always in the atmosphere of people who, you know, are living the same fast-paced lifestyle. They don't have to worry about what they eat or if they're drinking. Honestly, Janae, it did not hit me until after I graduated from Southern. Mm -hmm. Um, Lately, I've taken, in the past, like, two or three years, I've taken um, more diabetes classes, diabetic education classes, and um, they say that denial is, like, the first thing that sets in. And honestly, back then, I didn't really look at it as denial. I was just like... I mean, I was on a long-lasting insulin and a fast-acting insulin. So with the fast-acting, you take it with, um, you know, take it with your food. So it kind of corrects your blood sugar depending on what you eat. So, um, and then I just, it wasn't something I was used to. So it was like a complete lifestyle change that I really wasn't ready to accept. And for the longest, I was angry. I was kind of angry with God. Like, why would you give me this? Like, you know... Now I can't. I can't have I, fun like everybody. Right, I can't mm-hmm. have fun. I can't do what I want to do. I can't eat what I want to eat. Um, so that was that was the main thing. But when I got to graduate school, I remember I found a doctor out there, and um, I remember he was sitting down and he was going over my numbers, which is my A one C. Basically, it's the average your your blood sugar average over the span of three months. So it was like extremely high. And he was like, um, he was like, do you want kids? And I was like, yeah. He was like, do you want grandkids? And I was like, yeah. He said, well, do you want to live to see them? I said, yeah. He was like, well, at the rate you're going, at your age, you're not going to live to see them. So I just remember at that point, I started taking it really seriously. Right. I started to, you know, really watch what I ate more. I started to check my blood sugar on a regular basis. So that really was the turning point where I felt like, okay, I got to take this serious um, because you see so many horror stories with people who don't take care of themselves that are diabetics. They get their limbs amputated. Um, you lose feeling in your feet, your hands, nerve damage, mm-hmm. so many things. And ultimately, you know, death. They lead could, to death, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I said, okay, I got to get it together. And since then, I definitely started to take it more seriously and it's not easy I tell people all the time 
you know, it is not an easy thing because with me now, I more so count my carbohydrates. So you thinking, you know, you're going out to eat somewhere. They don't have a label on the back of the food that you order. So it's like kind of trial and error. So, right. Yeah, that was that was when I knew I had to take care of myself. More. Yeah. And I will say too, like ultimately, you know, the decisions and things that we make within our life, they're really vital, you know, right. and thinking about like the black community and our families, when you mention, you know, um, the possibility of losing a limb, I remember my uncle Gerald, who's, you know, no longer with us right now, but he was a diabetic and it started off with he had this discoloration on his toe and from the toe it like it traveled to his legs he ended up getting both of his limbs removed and ultimately he passed away and it was because of the things that he ate and just you know the lifestyle of him still thinking that I can eat and do what I want right. even though and I'm, we're in the south <laughs> like we we live to eat you know yes. people say oh mm-hmm. you know I eat no we live to eat food everything if you think about it every big event um whatever usually you know just pretty much your lifestyle is based around food when you think about going to homecoming mm-hmm. like we're, we're looking forward to the tailgate right and that's the food when you think about you know any event that you go to is centered around food and in the south i mean we're heavy cookers like exactly we're not thinking about you know not adding seasoning or sugar or you know all these things we're just trying to eat yeah and i think you know as an individual it's important for us to make these decisions also that you know we can live in the moment and enjoy this great food but do we want to be here to see different things? You know, like right. the doctor had presented to you about having children and grandkids because myself personally, it's been a year and a half now that I've been pescatarian and I chose to go on this journey because I've had digestive issues since I was an infant and just having a real conversation with one of my friends about what do I actually put into my body. So that goes back into you taking control over your body and the things that um, you choose to eat and the, the choices that you choose to make throughout life. So with, you know, you deciding that, okay, I'm going to gain control of my choices it was, um, I think it's also very admirable with you making the decision to open up Gemini Studios as well. And right. if you could at this time just discuss basically how you did not allow diabetes to take control over your life. Rather, you control it. You motivate different women and men to take control over their lives and just to exercise and eat properly. And I know you do a lot um, with training and just different classes and things that you offer both here in um, Baton Rouge and also in Mobile, right? Right. Yeah. So if you could just give a little information about what Gemini Studios is, the different services that you offer and how the difficulties with you with diabetes and being physically active, in fact, just motivated you to create something to encourage other people to take control. Right. Well, I'll go back to, um, you know, when I initially found out uh, when I was initially diagnosed with diabetes, I struggled with, you know, like, why do I have this disease? Why did I get this? Because it affected me physically. Like, you know, I have to 
constantly check my numbers because if my blood sugar goes too low, you know, at any time I could pass out. Um, if it's too high, anytime I could pass out. There are different, you know, symptoms when it's too low. I get shaky. Um, I, if you can think about it, like if you can go all day without eating and you have no energy and, um, you know, just di different ways that your body feels. When it's high, I'm sluggish. Um, I always have to make sure that I have some type of snack with me um, just in case that my blood sugar drops at any time. So I just kind of looked at it for the longest. It's like, why do I have this? Why do I have this? And as I got into, you know, encouraging people more from the fitness aspect, I started to see that diabetes is not for me. Like, I don't struggle with this for me. It's me needing to be transparent to encourage other people. Right. So now mm -hmm. it doesn't bother me as much. Now, I do have my days, like if my blood sugar gets low or, you know, something like that. But it's more so an opportunity for me to be more transparent with people who, one, are not comfortable with it, have a hard time accepting it. Um, I do a lot of mentoring with kids with diabetes, Um usually kids that are under the age of 18. So, you know, if you think about a child, somebody telling that child, no, you can't have this candy or you can't have cake at a birthday party right. or mm -hmm. you can't play sports really because, you know, sometimes your adrenaline can shoot your blood sugar up. So just understanding that it's not for me and encouraging other people, that's really what sparked my interest of Gemini Studios. Um, and I started that as a way to make women feel comfortable in their own skin, um, make women feel comfortable with who they are. And if they don't, let's figure out a way to get you to where you want to be. So Gemini Studios is basically a safe environment, a no judgment zone that you can come in. You can be who you are with your diabetes, with this, with that, whatever it is. Um, you know, lack of self-confidence, whatever it is, you can come here and this is an opportunity to let your hair down, you know, to talk about it. You never know, you know, who else shares the same struggle as you do. So that's why I'm always, or at least I try to be really transparent about the things that I struggle with, just because I know people can sometimes look at me, like I said, and put me on this pedestal, like, oh, she's doing this, she's doing that. But, you know, everybody struggles with something. Mm -hmm. And so that's really why I started Gemini Studios just as a safe, no judgment zone for women to come in, feel comfortable, feel confident, be bold, be who they really are, despite, you know, what they're going through. A lot of my clients, um, they come in, they're married, uh, they've got kids, they're professional women. You know, I have different walks of life and it's so many different reasons why people come in and, you know, going to the gym, sometimes they feel judged. Right. Um, if they mm -hmm. don't look like the bikini body next to them that's on the treadmill. Um, or they may just be going through something at home and this is their release time. This is my opportunity to wait, get away from my family, my kids, you know, my responsibilities and just have some me time. So um, once I started that here in Mobile, it just was contagious. You know, people catching on they they love coming here they can be them and then it just I got the opportunity to open a studio in um, Baton Rouge so it's just it's growing and with that it's a struggle within itself you know social media plays a major part like you said people highlight you know the good and they don't always highlight 
you know, the struggles. So within itself, owning two businesses, um, having a book out, going here, going there across two two or three different states, you know, that's a struggle within itself. But I just feel like for me, it's my way of encouraging somebody who's, you know, not as motivated, somebody who is afraid to step out and follow their dreams or, you know, accomplish their goals. For me, that's that's what it is for me, just being a motivator to other people. Right. So. Yeah, and I, I really do. I appreciate that because I feel like it's a lot of things that both you and I have in common and mm-hmm. just knowing what your struggles are and how you chose to just to break through those barriers and continuously break through them. It gives me with encouragement within itself. And it's important. I feel like as women that we even create cer- certain types of like, like a safe Haven. And I think that's what right. Gemini studios is. It is a place for a woman to really just let her hair down and to really just be herself because society and social media, they do, you know, these curvous and curvy and just, you know, these fine, fine women that they picture on television. (laughs) That is not reality. You know, it's it's difficult for me to gain weight, you know, and with some, some women, it's hard for them to lose weight. So it's like, it's difficult for each woman, but when you create a certain atmosphere where anybody can come in and you have uh, the opportunity just to achieve your own specific goals, that it, it gives just a great, sense of fulfillment and um you know it helps it helps other people within along the way because I think it's important within life that we don't just do things for self we have to do different things to help other people to encourage other people because I always look back at a situation where I may have been down and out but if I would have folded or not had anyone to encourage me or reach out to me I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. I would not have had the opportunity to fulfill and find, figure out what my passion is and create these different memories and travel and things like that. So it's important. So I thank you for being you and for creating Gemini Studios and creating Good Morning Pals because that inspired me too. Like I have a prayer line, but I feel like it's important to be very intentional with your words. So with you beginning Great Morning Pals and saying great morning instead of good morning, that's a that's a, a significant difference between great and good, you know? So when I I often say magnificent morning and I'm pretty sure I've gotten that from you because you say magnificent Monday and just things uh-huh. like that. It's just like, you know, you subconsciously start saying these different things, but it sets uh-huh. the tone, setting the tone right. for the day. It's, it's important. So it really is. It's the law of attraction. You know, mm-hmm. the things that you engage yourself the most are the things that you attract. And, um, it's really all about taking those adversities and taking those struggles and, making them a benefit to you like how can I take diabetes and make it something positive or how can I take you know weight gain or weight loss and make it something positive like I made a post just yesterday on um social media where I 
went to a wedding this past weekend and I was really feeling myself in this dress. You know? <laughs> what people don't understand is like the day before I stepped on the scale and I was 120. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get to 120 since my probably my junior year in college. So I, I think I said like four years on, on Instagram, but it's really been since my junior year of college, I've been trying to reach this goal weight. I've always fluctuated between 112, 115. And people are like, oh, I wish I had that problem. You know, you're just right. so small, you know, this, this, and this. But what people don't understand is it's kind of like when somebody who's overweight, you walk up to them and say, oh, you're so fat. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll get offended by that. And that's just kind of how people do me. Oh, you're so small. Like, I don't like being this small. Right. I want to appeal too. So I just felt like for for me that was a major accomplishment to mm-hmm. get to 120. But it took hard work. You know, everybody wants this overnight, you know, success or this overnight results. But what people don't understand is I'm in the gym every day, if not every other day. I watch what I eat. You know, so. It's hard work, but it's just taking those things that you don't like or things that you want to change about yourself and making them, you know, turning them into something positive. And I got so many people that, you know, gave me feedback saying you're an inspiration. You know, I really appreciate you saying that. But we, that's like I said, we all struggle. Like you were saying, people have trouble gaining weight. People have trouble losing weight. We're all struggling with something, but it's just to be that, you know, encouragement to help other people. And that's how Great Morning Pals came about, like taking that struggle. If I'm having a bad day, I can talk to somebody and they can say one thing to make me appreciate my struggle because it could be so much worse, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. I'm complaining about, you know, not wanting to eat something for lunch and there are people that have no food at all. Right. Yeah. So it's just about, it's, it's all about perspective, like how you see your situation and just your words, your words are so, so powerful. People don't understand that, but they are so powerful. What you say is what you become, what you think and what you say is what you become. So great morning pals. That's how that came about. And that's just, you know, a tool to constantly encourage people because we all need constant encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always good to have, you know, those just words that uplift you when you're having a bad day or when you're not feeling motivated. Just a reminder that, you know, it's going to be okay. It's, it's, you just have to be positive about it. And it's easier said than done, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, most yeah. definitely, because this uh, past year has kind of been just me discovering who Janae really is and just uh-huh. taking the the things that I may not want, knowing what I don't want, but working towards just towards a, a, a goal that I can really see, you know, right. and within that process, I've also realized that when I give other people words of encouragement, it comes back to me and I encourage myself along the way, you know, because we don't know it all. And a lot of times when people um, see the most successful people, those people may not have had a full plan, but they knew what they didn't want. And so they just kept going. So um, just in closing and in short, I think for one, it's important to not allow our adversities to defy us to two, you know, to always be of, of service to someone in some type of way, whether that's creating a platform or creating a business to provide a service to others, or just simply giving words 
words of encouragement and with three, you know, the things that we may not want to do, our difficulties, those things require discipline, but that discipline can lead to an amazing goal and an end result that we want to see. Right. So Definitely. thank you so much for finding the time, Ayla, because, you know, it. you live, a, you have a busy schedule. <laughs> I have a busy schedule and, you know, it was difficult, y'all, but we did it. We did it. Thank you so much for having me. Blessings to everything that you're doing and everything that you continue to do. Continue to be an inspiration to, you know, everybody around you. Um, Just not women, because I know a lot of men are inspired, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're doing an amazing job. Whenever you need me to come back just let me know most definitely most definitely and listeners always remember that your story is not solely for you it's meant to be shared with other women and just provide hope to anyone that's facing similar hurdles and you don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share you are a victor a winner and you will not be defeated by your trials you declare growth and prosperity over your life because you are her heroic empowering and resilient so thank you all once again for tuning in if this has been your first time or if you have listened to any episode please encourage a friend to tell a friend to listen and also take note that her story is available on apple Podcasts, on soundcloud google play and be baton rouge which is a local media outlet here in baton rouge louisiana and once again this is jay jameson and we're out